Today I talk to the girls on film community about Nyad, starring Annette Benning and Jodie Foster. It tells the remarkable true story of athlete Diana Nyad. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I'm going to get that gun of mine, and I'm going to change you from a rooster to a hen with one shot. Some people call me a freak. I hate that word. I don't believe in it. Better yet, I don't believe in labels. You know, I think you're the only girl in the world that can stand on a stage with a spotlight in her eye and still see a diamond inside a man's pocket. Because I'm up at five every morning working my ass off. Does someone want to just tell me to my face you're never going to give me the scores I deserve? Hello and welcome to Girls on Film. This weekend we arranged a special Girls on Film screening of Nyad in partnership with Netflix. The film was written by Julia Cox, adapted from the memoir Find a Way by Diana Nyad. An athlete turned journalist, Diana Nyad made an incredible vow when she turned 60. She was determined to become the first person to swim 110 miles from Cuba to Florida without using a shark cage. She was supported by a team including her best friend and coach Bonnie Stoll. Directed by Elizabeth Chai Varsaheli and Jimmy Chin, the film has a Best Actress Oscar nomination for Annette Bening as Diana and a nomination for Supporting Actress for Jodie Foster as Bonnie. The bond between Diana and Bonnie is beautifully depicted, whether they're sharing witty banter, second-guessing each other or finding their strong friendship tested by Diana's relentless and risky ambition. It's the reason that Nyad is nominated for the Female Friendship on Screen Award at the 2024 Girls on Film Awards. We invited some of the Girls on Film community to watch this extraordinary true story on the big screen, followed by a discussion about some of the themes of the film, including friendships between women, achieving your goals no matter what your age, and the great pleasure of seeing the story of two complex, older lesbian characters on screen in mainstream cinema. I want to do it. Do what? Cuba to Florida. My swim. That's insane. You tried that when you were 28, and you did not make it when you are 28. I don't believe in imposed limitations. I don't believe in any limitations. I just know I can do it, okay? And I couldn't do it without you. Onward. Onward. 100 miles of serious currents in the open ocean. It just might cost you your life. They don't believe that Cuba to Florida is humanly possible. I will not accept defeat. I won't. Are you with me? Imagine knowing in your bones you could do something that no one else could do. This isn't about you. This is about me for once. The world wants me to shut my mouth and sit down and wait to die. But I'm not going to stop. So that was Nyad. Did we enjoy it? Good. Excellent. Excellent. It's lovely to see you all hanging around for a chat. Obviously, it's not really a Q&A because I didn't make the film and I, you know, I know a little few things about it I might share with you, but it's more about me kind of raising a few questions. And so I found this a very refreshing film in a lot of ways. And I'm seeing some nods here. I met the real Bonnie, actually, at London Film Festival. And Jodie Foster is so brilliant, so much like her, as you saw at the end there. Absolutely amazing. 
And I just think it's refreshing in lots of ways. It's amazing that someone had to break a world record so that we can have a film about two lesbian women over 50 who aren't in a relationship with each other. That is such a rare thing. And it's astonishing, brilliant to see that in a mainstream movie. I just wanted to start off really... Anyone like to share their initial reactions to the film or anything specific? Put your hand up. Um, in the back row there. Hi, I'm Anne. Um, I agree with what you say about the older women thing. But what I really would love to have known, how fit was she right. before the film was made? How much training did she actually have to do? Because as an athlete, she was extraordinary. Absolutely brilliant. I do actually know the answer to that. I will say that I know that she swam every day for a year. She really committed to this role and she decided, as with every role she does, you can see the results on screen, can't you? I'm in here. I'm committed to this. She took a while to decide to do it, apparently, because for that reason, you know, and it became a huge part of her life. So as you could see there, she's, she's a brilliant swimmer now. And, and she really committed to being in the water and doing it. So, yeah, great question. Do we have anyone over this side in the third row? Thanks so much for, for putting on the screening. This is the second time. I've seen it and I think it's amazing you know second time round and that you actually you see more I wanted to talk about the the filmmaking team behind the film because I believe it's the same team that that did Free Solo That's right. and you know this is their first live action film but obviously you know still taking that documentary element and what I really liked is the combination of how you know they interspliced the footage you know the real life character that you set the film up you bookend the film with the real life character I don't know if you have any insight at all or if you've spoken to them about how they approached that and how they wanted to combine, you know, that element, because obviously being very true to, to the real life people involved. Well, it is, as you say, their first film that is not a documentary in itself. So it's Elizabeth Chai and Jimmy Chin. They're married and they make fantastic films. Um, has anyone seen Free Solo or The Rescue? Yeah, so, I mean, they, they make incredible stories. They choose incredible stories about great resilience and determination. And obviously, this lends itself to that. I'm glad you brought that up because they're an incredible team. And I just think they've knocked it out of the park with their first non-doc. As you say, that using to just, again, like the flashbacks, just the right amount of doc footage. Yeah, fantastic. Have we got anyone in the... Yes, at the end here, Nitin. Right. <laughs> I just wanted to ask you what you think. Years ago, I worked on a film called Blind Sight, which was actually about um, blind children climbing Mount Everest. And it was very interesting because uh, there were two perspectives on their journey. One was the accomplishment of just getting to where they got to on the mountain was their success. Mm -hmm. And then the other perspective was success was only achieved by getting to the mountaintop. So I kind of, um, I think this is an interesting film because it portrays both sides. And I wonder, I mean, you know, as a question, uh, to what degree success is actually about accomplishing the task or whether it's actually about accomplishing the mindset to be able to to, to get to where you can get to as an individual. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's a really interesting one for me because I think drive is about your struggle with yourself. And I think ultimately it's a study of, of somebody's struggle with themselves as well as with the team in a way. Yeah. But it's kind of, uh, for me, the success was on her first, very first journey you know was and for me I, I thought she'd achieved everything by that point because she had committed to doing it right. and and yeah. uh, it wasn't necessarily for me I mean it was amazing to see all of this and it was incredible and you really felt 
the, the sense of triumph at the end. But I think the success was actually getting back in the water after all those years and having that level of determination. Yeah, it was almost like the decision itself was the success. Yeah. And that drive in it. And I think that's why this film is so relatable. It could have been almost anything that she decided to do and commit to. I mean, we've all perhaps done, you know, compared to things in our own lives. But the fact that she was just determined to do it at a great personal sacrifice and indeed the sacrifice of many people around her. I need to get myself functioning at the highest level. You're going to be my coach. That's why you want to play ping pong. You never want to play ping pong. No, no, no. so, Bonnie. Absolutely not. No, 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 no. no, yeah, no. You, you said I needed to do something to get out of my funk. I meant you should sign up for speed dating or get a therapist. Not come out of a 30-year retirement for some dangerous, absurd fantasy. I am doing it. I'm not done. I have more in me, and so do you. Come on, don't you want to be fully engaged, fully awake? Your soul ignited by a purpose, a mission. It would be an amazing ride. Think about it, you and me, a great adventure. You were born to coach, and a coach needs an athlete. No, 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 serve. Yes, do As a 59-year-old woman, absolutely loved seeing the story. I mean, obviously resonates, but I couldn't help also thinking about the women in this film and the fact that, you know, 10 or 15 years ago, they would have been played probably by much younger women. And hearing stories of women and hearing stories of women this age and also the truth of them, you know, the fact that they it, it, they don't look glamorous in this movie, you know, that they, they there are some, you know, harrowing, horrific scenes of reality about what a woman's body looks like at that age and, and also the the kind of societal pressure just to back away and not be this hero. I mean, it is refreshing to hear a story being told like this, but I couldn't help thinking all the way through, and this is my second time seeing it as well, um, that the struggle that, you know, to get a, a woman's story, let alone an LGBTQ woman's story told at this, and how far we've come, but yet how far we've got to go to have more stories like this being told. Totally agree. I mean, I heard that... The directors were very keen. They wanted to cast age appropriately and exactly what you said, because in the past, it, yeah, you're right. I do think even 10 years ago, it would have been a younger, you know, in inverted commas, hot actress. Um, and and they also wanted someone that was happy to wear no makeup and, and, you know, just have realistic scenes. And this is something we've been championing for the last five and a half years on Girls on Film. And th we are really excited to be celebrating a film like this. But we gosh, we need more of them, right? Totally agree. Yeah, we did um, in episode 118, we did um, activist special talking about menopause and the depictions of women of a certain age on screen. And that's a good episode to revisit. But I hope that we have a lot more episodes where we don't even need to talk about that. And we're just celebrating a movie that happens to have older women in it at the centre. So thank you. Hi, my name is Inka. I've made films in the past. I felt that this film showed that she wouldn't have achieved it without her friend. That's what I sort of really feel the most. And I am interested in your category of um, of the the friendship category that you have. And I'm interested in what other films are in. Uh, have been nominated or something. Or oh, I'm glad you asked that because that was on my <laughs> list to mention that. Um, so this year we've also nominated How to Have Sex, uh, Molly Manning Walker's brilliant film about very different kinds of young women and polite society. Uh, so check both those out if you haven't seen them. Previous winners in this category include The Woman King, which was a criminally overlooked by many awards institutions film last year, but won very big at the Girls on Film Awards, and Booksmart, 
which makes a nice comparison to this as well because you, you've got the LGBT angle and you've got two friends and a wonderful platonic friendship at the centre. Um, previous nominees include Girl Picture, Finnish film, which is fantastic, She Said, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and a couple of sisters ones. You often find, find really interesting ones about real-life sisters, or um, the, the Silent Twins, and a very interesting comparison point for this film, The Swimmers, also a Netflix film. So absolutely, yeah, the, the, these two films together about swimming on Netflix, what a double bill, fantastic. But yeah, I'm really glad you brought that up because we are really proud of that category. And it resonates with a lot of people because we feel on Girls on Film, it's really wonderful to see female friendships celebrated. And as this film does, it's as important, if not more important, than a romantic relationship. What these two women have and the way they support each other is an incredibly important part of each other's lives. And you're right, I'd love to see a Bonnie spin-off as well. That would be great. Our awards on February the 20th. There are still tickets left for people who want to come. There's free booze. You have to buy a ticket. It's 40 quid, but you get free booze. And it's the Regent Street Cinema. And it's a lovely chance for all our community to hang out and celebrate what we love and to reward films that we love so hopefully we'll see some of you there thank you for that we got one in the front row here thank you hello hello hi my name is kehindi Ariyami. really interesting relationship very first scene shows her this kind of ego comes out in the talk show but you kind of realize that um, eventually there's to be able to do what she does there's this kind of insane it's insanity that of of self-belief and it kind of manifests. But I would like to, maybe if the editor was here, just to figure out what how they negotiated the, the flashbacks back to the present. They did it so well here, and it gives this kind of hybrid of documentary and film almost. like. Yeah, I mean, it would be interesting to try and find that out, but I agree the flashbacks are used so judiciously, aren't they? And it's just the right amount and, and not too much and never laboured. And I thought the exposition's done really well as well because it, they make sort of a comedy about her talking too much, but in talking too much, she then shares what you need to know so elegantly. Absolutely beautiful. There you go, thank you. Thank you. Um, my name is Mirta and this is also my second time watching it. I just want to say my initial reaction when I finished the film was that I just, I was so hopeful, just incredibly hopeful for life. And I, I immediately said, everybody should watch this. It, to anybody that, that, that I recommended this film, I said, if you, if you don't know where you are in life, just watch this film, <laughs> just watch it. And you're gonna take something from it, I'm sure. Your own version is gonna be equally as important as everybody else's. And you're right in saying it's equally important to see these relationships which is beyond so the romantic because this sort of to me this seems to be the trend at the moment but this for me was just just a perfect picture of what humans are we're no individual beings we are a collective mm. and that's often very forgotten nowadays and it's just about the humanity and the care that we show with each other that's why i liked i, I love the film i love that response thank you that's beautiful thank you, thank you. Hello. I went into this because my friend recommended it. I've now seen all the other like nominees of Best Actress and Best Supporting Actress. And one thing that I've, what I felt, and I just wondered if you'd kind of thought of it, the idea that kind of what you said about 10 years ago it would have been a younger actress. I also think maybe like 10 or 15 years ago they might have diluted her personality a bit, made right. her more kind of digestible for the wider audience. And 
the idea that this was, I mean, you saw the clips at the end of her being so, so passionate and annoying in a way, but like the idea of like, you're allowed to be annoying and still be likeable. And the idea that the nuance of specifically women and film sometimes is, is lost because of that idea of being marketable maybe. And I think that this year, especially in, in terms of like Emma Stone in poor things, like, you know, someone who throughout the film you do kind of struggle with with this this idea of, of complete lack of care for this like society around her, as especially with like Sandra Huller's character in Anatomy of a Fool. Like you struggle with, you absolutely understand what she's saying, but you still, there's parts where you're like, I can't. You know, it's it's these characters that are so nuanced, and they and they have these three dimensions, and they are likable, but you can still find fault in them. But you can watch them and be like, I I know that person. I'm also part of that person. And I also hate that type of person. And I think this year, especially in these nominees and these films that are coming out, even with Barbie and 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 Killers of the Flower Moon, I feel like you get that a lot with male characters, and you, they're completely. Uh, celebrated for this, these faults they have that they're horrible characters. But with women, I think this year is one of these years where, for the first time, I'm like, wow, these women are so horrible, and I love them, and I <laughs> and I am that person. But also, they're I'm so amazed by them, and I just wondered why you thought there might be this, this finally, this bigger change in the industry to, to showcase these people unabashedly and without having to dilute them in any way. Well, very well said. And, you know, if you listen to the podcast, you know this is really something we discuss a lot and totally agree. More complexity in female characters and a character who isn't necessarily easy to like. That is something we, we love to celebrate. I do think there's been a groundswell of understanding and conversations about this over the last six, seven years. You know, after people started talking about more female directors, more representation on screen, something that we and other groups have been pressing for. And I do think it's really exciting and very true that this year um, is the case. I don't know if anyone was here for our Carrie Mulligan event that we had. Um, and she made a similar point. She was saying how great that this year that there are a lot of really kind of dark, different women on screen and not necessarily conforming to the likable things. So, yeah, I think it's progress is what I think. And I think we need more of it. But I love that you said that. Thank you. This isn't about you or, or your destiny. This is about me. OK, for once, this is about me. And, and you don't you don't you don't even think of me. You just, you just want me to like tag along with you, like, like... No, of course I think about you. I know what you're capable of better than you do. Listen to yourself. That is so patronizing. I can't... Look, I know that the world wants me to shut my mouth and sit down and wait to die, but I didn't think you did. Stop. I can't. I won't. I will not accept defeat. It's not a question, but I just wanted to say it's very prescient and appropriate film for me and my contemporaries. I mean, it's quite daunting in an age of society to, to start to enter your third age and just how wonderful it was to see. Um, I have a friend who's already committed, having seen it, to cycling the Hebridean way. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's just very inspiring for our generation. That's lovely. I'm seeing a lot of nods there. Yeah, thank you. Heather? <laughs> Identified by name there. <laughs> I, uh, I just wanted to ask uh, ask the room really what they felt about one of the kind of tougher aspects of the story, which was the um, abuse. And I felt that the film portrayed that quite skillfully and quite carefully because it showed that it, it didn't choose not to depict it. And for me, 
it tried to depict the kind of effect that it had had on her and, you know, the, the roles that that might play within her, within what she'd chosen to carry on and do with her life, but it didn't credit her success to her pushing back yeah. against that. Um, and I thought that that was a real strength. And I just wonder what other people felt and knew, Anna, about that. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, there's a hand here, Kerry. I'm starting to call people I know now. I did hear that Annette Benning herself had quite strong feelings about that and did collaborate with the filmmakers on how to do that, yeah. Oh, so um, I went to a Q&A with the real Bonnie and she spoke about this and she said that she very much didn't want it to be a, a part of her existence in terms of it wasn't the reason that made her do what she did. They had had that conversation during the development of the film. Brilliant. Thank you for that. That's really good insight. Let's hear what you have to say. Thank you. We've got time for a few more questions, so great. I'm loving all this. Hi, thank you. Uh, my name's Claude and um, I'm doing an MA in producing at the National Film and Television School. I watched this at home in Manchester and I'm glad I came here today to see it again. Nothing beats the um, atmosphere of being in a cinema. So I just wanted to say thank you for that. Oh, that's lovely. Thank you. <laughs> lovely. That's nice. I, I agree. You know, it's so wonderful and we're really loving having events like this with our community and talking about the issues it raised. I'm, I'm, I'm really, really impressed that almost everything I've written on the list, everyone has brought up independently. So I feel like we're all of the same mind here. <laughs> was uh, um, Actually, one question I had was, uh, there are any other films about friendships between women that we haven't mentioned that you want to bring up? I think Bottoms is another one this year that, that is great. That's nominated the Girls on Film Awards. We're getting some giggles from the back there. I see you've seen Bottoms. Yeah, that's a great one. But yeah, any other films that this, that this recalled for anyone that you would recommend? Thelma Louise, yeah. When I spoke to Bonnie, she actually said that a number of people had said that not since Thelma and Louise has such a great female friendship been portrayed on film. I mean, to be discussed, but it's it's certainly up there, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, leave their own. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. I was just following on from what you were saying. I saw Thelma and Louise and also elements of Chariots of Fire, especially with the music and those sort of slow motion going through the water. So I don't know whether that was on purpose, but that was an influence I saw. Yeah, the inspirational sports film thing, because it still is very much that, isn't it? And it's interesting that it's an inspirational sports film, but there's no real adversary. So that's quite unusual, apart from the elements and strange creatures in the water. Actually, a, a friend of mine is curating a programme that's currently on at the VFI of Dorothy Asner. And one of the stronger films that's still, that's gonna be shown on the 27th of February is about a girl friendship. So this is circa 1920s and 30s films, but it's pre-code and there's a whole thing about that. And it's called Dance Girl Dance. And it's when Lucille Ball, pre-Lucille Ball, she's incredibly hot in this film, like incredibly hot. And it's her friendship with another woman and how they navigate through life as as women without men so um so yeah so there's a friendship one for you probably. that's a great recommendation thank you very much just a comment because I feel like it's more than just a female friendship I feel like it's a codependency and I feel like mm. it's actually really nice to see lesbian codependency in a non-destructive way um that's what spoke to me definitely yeah how true you know it's not about a destructive negative relationship it's not about 
passion even. It's about something altogether different. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. Thank you. Sorry, it's me again. No worries. <laughs> um, it's just a quick point because um, I thought exactly the lady in the back um, mentioned uh, Thelma and Louise and uh, Chariots of Fire and particularly the score for Chariots of Fire, which was um, one of my favourite scores of all time from Vangelis, which was incredible and very inspiring and added to the energy of the film. Um, I thought Alexander Displat did a great job on this film in terms of the music. It didn't feel intrusive at any point. I felt every single moment of vulnerability and triumph um, really well. And I think the music was beautifully um, done. So I just want to add to that. Thank you. I appreciate that. And I totally agree. Thank you all so much. And if you don't subscribe to our newsletter, please do, because you'll get more invites to fun things like this. Many thanks to Netflix, um, to the Soho Hotel, to Hedda and Charlotte and everyone involved in today and to all of you. Thank you so much for joining Girls on Film. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this Girls on Film episode about Nyad. Do seek out the film. It's streaming on Netflix now. Girls on Film is an HLA production, brought to you by executive producer Hedda Archbold, assistant producer Charlotte Matheson, audio editor Emma Butt. Thanks to our partners for this episode, Netflix UK. I'm Anna Smith. We'll be back soon. Imagine knowing in your bones that you could do something that only you could do, like fate.